Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. Remember, Phil is like a gnarled old oak tree held together with scar tissue and bone spurs. Rob Fortney. And I'm telling you, the pain that I would suffer was beyond excruciating. And Phil Stevens. Do it, Rob. You'll kill all those nerves. Thanks for listening. Welcome, Iron Radio listeners. This is IronRadio.org. I'm Robert Fortress Fortney. I'm a former editor from Muscle Mag International, a journalist, former competitive bodybuilder, and powerlifter. And this is Phil Stevens. I'm the uh, owner of Strength Guild Topeka, founder of StrengthGuild.com, and LiveForHope.org. I'm a powerlifter, uh, Highland Games athlete, and a little bit of everything. Yeah, now today it's just uh, Phil and I. However, um, our boy Lonnie is going to... Uh, is going to uh, fill you guys in on some uh, some news, some news blurbs and stuff. So um, anyway, take it away, Lonnie. Strength and Muscle Sport News. Thanks, Fortress. As Rob said, I'm not in the same room as uh, he and Phil right now, but I wanted to share a little bit of news and a contest announcement. We haven't done a contest in a while. Uh, but first, uh, a quick bit of news. Uh, that I was alerted to through email, and I dug uh, some r- raw science, I suppose, on it myself. This is lift weights, eat mustard, build muscles. Uh, new research in the FASEB journal suggests that rats fed homo brassinolide, uh, sometimes they're just called uh, brassina steroids, um, found in the mustard plant produce an anabolic effect and increased appetite and muscle mass as well as the number and size of muscle fibers. So this is interesting. It's uh, it's animal research at this point. Um, but it says here, uh, Bethesda, Maryland, if you're looking to lean out, add muscle mass, and get ripped. This almost reads like an ad, doesn't it? A new research report published in the FASSEV journal suggests that you might want to look to your garden for a little help. That's because scientists have found that when a specific plant steroid was given orally, and that's what interests me, orally, to rats... It triggered a response similar to anabolic steroids with minimal side effects. In addition, the research found that the stimulatory effect of homobrassinolide, a type of brassinosteroid found in plants, on protein synthesis in muscle cells led to increased lean body mass, muscle mass, and physical performance. So uh, they go on to say, we hope that one day uh, brassinosteroids may provide an effective, natural, safe alternative for age and disease-associated muscle loss. Well, obviously, athletes are going to be interested in that, too. Uh, so th- they're using, um, they're looking at protein synthesis and cell culture, and like I said, also oral. It says oral administration of homobrassinolide daily for 24 days. There was changes in body weight, food consumption, et cetera, and they, they looked at their body comp with uh, DEXA, you know, just like, you, you know, you would a person. Uh, but let me go to the abstract directly. This is uh, October 2011, so this is spanking new. Um, and this gives us some details that the news blurb, uh, news release did not. Anabolic effect of plant brassinosteroid. This is uh, Esposito and colleagues, North Carolina State University. Um, we look here, it says oral administration of uh, these mustard uh, extracts. Increased body weight, lean mass, and gastrocnemius muscle mass as compared with vehicle-treated controls. The effect of HB, they're calling it, this, you know, um, breast and steroid, 
the effect of HB administration increased slightly in animals fed a high-protein diet, protein content of 39.4%. So giving them extra protein actually seemed to help a little. Both oral, uh, up to 60 milligrams per kg, and subcutaneous administration of HB showed low androgenic activity when tested uh, in the Hirschberger assay. So in a sense, that's good news. It's more on the anabolic side as opposed to androgenic side of the spectrum when it comes to some of these uh, steroidal preparations. Uh, Moreover, HB showed no direct binding to the androgen receptor in vitro. It was also associated with improved physical fitness of untrained healthy rats as evidenced by a 6.7% increase in lower extremity strength measured by a grip test. Um, So it says it increased the number uh, of type 2A and type 2B fibers and the cross-sectional area of type 1 and type 2A fibers. These findings suggest that oral application of HB triggers selective anabolic responses with minimal or no androgenic side effects, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So Esposito and colleagues, FASEB Journal, October 2011. So watch for the supplement companies to start doing that. Heck, I would uh, probably advise anyone I consulted with to start development on something like that myself. Uh, obviously, we need human uh, testing here, but a uh, very interesting sort of natural source of a steroidal compound. Let's see how it pans out in people. Okay, uh, moving on to our other announcements. We're going to do a fall contest regarding quotes. What we want you to do is go to our Iron Radio listeners page on Facebook and give us some of your favorite quotes. Now, we've, we've done some on the podcast before, and let me just set the stage with a couple. Like Theodore Roosevelt has some good ones, like speak softly and carry a big stick, you will go far, things like that. It can be very brief like that, um, it, or it could be a paragraph almost if you want. I mean, there's the man in the arena quote that I read on air a couple of months ago, and here that one is. This Again, this is uh, Teddy Roosevelt. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error or shortcoming. But who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself for a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who know neither victory nor defeat. So that's from Citizenship in a Republic speech. It was in uh, Paris in uh, April 23, 1910. So man in the arena quote. Thank you, Teddy Roosevelt. And then you could do movie quotes for this contest if you like as well on our Iron Radio page. Just type it on in. Um, this, is, this is one from a fictitious character, but again, it's one words to live by. And they really relate to uh, the Iron Game for obvious reasons. This is Conan's father. Fire and wind come from the sky, from the gods of the sky. But Krom is your god. Krom, and he lives in the earth. Once giants lived in the earth, Conan. And in the darkness of chaos, they fooled Krom, and they took from him the enigma of steel. Krom was angered, and the earth shook. Fire and wind struck down these giants, and they threw their bodies into the waters. But in their rage, the gods forgot the secret of steel and left it on the battlefield. We who found it are just men. Not gods, not giants, just men. 
The secret of steel is always carried with it a mystery. You must learn its riddle, Conan. You must learn its discipline. For no one, no one in this world can you trust. Not men, not women, not beasts. This you can trust. This you can trust. And of course he's pointing to the sword at that point. So give us your favorite quote on our listeners page uh, and we'll pick our favorite. Uh, I'd love to add to our repertoire of uh, quotes like this and you'll win something cool. We've still got some uh, mugs and other Iron Radio paraphernalia floating around here and I'm happy to send you one. Uh, I think we'll run this contest probably until Thanksgiving. So uh, get online, get on Facebook, Iron Radio listeners, and make a quote. And having said that, that's the news and the announcements, and I'll turn things back over to Rob and Phil. All right, we're back. So um, I've got a, you know, you know, Phil, I got, I got a funny story to tell you uh, today, and I got all our listeners a funny story to tell you. Um, I was almost kicked out of my gym again two days ago. Oh boy! For this what this, this time? is about the seventh time I've uh, I've been facing the axe. <laughs> Did you grunt? Did you grunt or sweat? <laughs> no, this this time apparently people have been complaining that they're intimidated by me. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Apparently, See, I got that one before. Par- apparently, I'm too intense. Oh boy. Um, I'll, I'll quickly run down the other the other reasons I was almost kicked out of this gym. Um, Last week I was almost kicked out because uh, nobody was in the back room and it was eight o'clock at night and the door right beside the squat rack was uh, blazing cold air and I asked the owner if I could close it for the hour that I was there and uh, he took massive offense to that. Um, almost got in a couple fights with some people who don't take put their uh, weights away and what was the other time? Oh, it was because I had the owner uh, giving me a spot on the bench press. This is about a year ago and I don't know I had probably. Cl- closing in on 400 pounds in the bar, and he went to put his hands on it, and I said, don't touch it! And uh, <sighs> when I got off the bench, he uh, had a heart attack and freaked out. So, yeah, I'm doing well at this gym, man, so I, I, think, my days, yeah. I think my days are numbered, man. I figured you were going to tell me you broke a toilet or something. Well, yeah, I, for our listeners, I was just telling Phil just before we started recording that uh, today I smashed through another toilet seat, so this is my fourth I'm working on for this particular toilet, so... Um, so I've replaced it again, but you know, you know, you're getting big when when you start breaking toilets. Yeah, start smashing food. It, it's it's kind of like it's it, it, on one side, it's a little bit of a nuisance, as as you might understand, but on the other side, it's a little bit of a pride thing, you know. Exactly. Because you know you're doing something right in the you know yeah, the, the, in the battle of the weights and the knife and fork. So the, the toilet can't even handle you. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool actually. Exactly. And again, I just buy the cheap ones. I get these little fifteen dollar jobbies here, but. Uh, you well, know. when you go through them like you, I mean, you got to. Exactly, man. I should just start keeping them as, like, uh, maybe keepsakes. You need to get one made out of Kevlar or something, bulletproof. Yeah. Or I could bring them sometime when we have uh, some sort of expo or to the Iron Classic or something, I can sign them. That you could, We could do them for giveaways. Yeah. You could give that would be old, badass. Old Fortress toilet seats for giveaways. Yeah, that would be killer. <laughs> <laughs> so, God. so how's your training going? You're getting close? How, Dude, how I'm, getting, you... I'm getting real close, man. I'm... Uh, <laughs> I think I have uh, only one more heavy, only one more heavy session, and then nice. two uh, deload sessions just to kind of keep keep the wheels spinning next week. Um, then a full week off. Um, actually, I'll have a full ten days off, um, and then my meet. So it's not the next Saturday, but the Saturday after. Sweet. So, and I got a call actually from the uh, 
promoter saying that it's all filled up. And uh, but wouldn't you believe it? They won't let me wear my uh, beloved construction steel toe boots to squat. Really? No, I, I I was worried about that, and I asked, and lo and behold, he says no. You have to wear a lifting shoe or a running shoe type deal. So I um, today actually I picked uh, along with the toilet seat. I picked up <laughs> I picked up some uh, you know some uh, uh, what Converse uh, All Stars. Yeah. You know the the, the ones go. that uh, you know thousands of powerlifters before me have used. So yeah. So I got that, and also I was hoping that I could deadlift in my socks, and he said, no, you have to wear a slipper or something, so I uh, I ordered online a, a deadlift slipper. That's what I wear, yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, they're nice. So I'm I'm, I'm pretty set up, I think. Um, Good deal. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Training's going well. Low back, um, last few weeks has been a little, I, I, I don't know, I think I strained something or pinched something, um, but it's been fine, and I've it hasn't really hindered my lifting at all, and I don't expect it to certainly at all to meet. Um, that's your, that's your fibromangina. It has a tendency to flare up right about now. Once in a while. Just, yeah, once in a while you gotta back that down, you know, you gotta, yeah, you gotta fight it back. Yeah, throw some Rambo movies on. Exactly, break a toilet seat. Yeah, yeah, that's, stop, yeah. stop the hair metal, go, you know, switch over to the death metal. Yep, exactly. Things like that, so. That's, um, but you know, but, but in all seriousness, seriousness, yeah, it's, it's going quite well. Like I said, my he- last heavy bench was on Tuesday and I just did a couple doubles, two, two sets of doubles with, uh, 400. Nice. Um, all was with pauses, and uh, it was uh, felt really good. So yeah, I'm I'm real excited about it, and uh, I will try to do my best to do Iron Radio. My brother's proud. There you go. Yeah, there you go. That's good stuff. Right on. Now, now you were just telling me because, of course, uh, all the listeners know that uh, our Phil has opened his own gym. Yeah. Uh, t- yeah. T- tell our people again. What's the name of your gym? Uh, Strength Guild Topeka. Right, and if you guys are out that way, can in Kansas, definitely check that out. And you were saying that things are going quite well, but you're you're working quite hard though lately, huh? Oh man, it's crazy. I get up at my first class is at five thirty, so I get up four thirty, four forty five because I got to be awake before. Because it's not it's not like I just open the doors mm-hmm. for these people and let them in. I actually have to coach. Okay. So uh, <laughs> now, now, do you have like groups of people that you coach, or do you do a one on one type of thing? Uh, both. Okay. So both. Um, my 5:30 a.m. class is it's a group, um, and then I have I have organized powerlifting groups, Olympic lifting lifting groups, and then um, general strength and conditioning groups. Okay. Um, and then some some uh, personal training clients as well. Right. So uh, you know a little bit of that. We're open all day. We open it first. Open the doors at 5:30 and close at 8:30. Mm. So. Now, I, I assume just you and your wife right now are the ones that are just uh, manning yep. it. Yeah. Are, yep. Do you anticipate maybe uh, hiring a kid or something in the next year or two? That all depends on, on how well we do. Yeah. You know, I, it's kind of one of those things we're going to grow. We decided to take the minimal approach and just um, don't add anything unless it's warranted. Mm, okay. So what we're doing now is dumping everything we can back into equipment. But um, And how much space you know, do you have? Oh, uh, not a ton. What is it, uh, square foot wise? Only about 600 square foot indoor, but then I have five acres outdoor. Yeah. Well, no, so. I mean, but the type of gym that you're running, I mean, that, that's, that's, you, you don't, yeah, you no, don't I've got, it, right? I mean, no, I remember I've the got. first time that I saw the, what was now the older Westside Barbell location that was just, uh, in Columbus, right outside Columbus. They're in a different place now that I haven't seen, but, 
when I saw that first place that was in a strip plaza somewhere, I remember I was actually kind of blown away with how by how small it was. Yeah. But the but again, you know, um, when you're so specific to again like Olympic training, uh, lifting and powerlifting and that kind of thing, and you're like you say, you're having you're you're filling that niche market. You know, you, yeah. you really don't need. I mean, the only places that need these, I mean, it's kind of become this because of all these commercial gyms and these huge massive box gyms. It's it's be kind of become normal for people to consider that oh well, the gym you know you have to have forty thousand square feet where where you know uh, certainly the kind of niche again that you're trying to fill is doesn't remotely need that yeah exactly yeah yeah so yeah it's not bad um, and we're nothing but you know racks and platforms and and stuff like that so yeah. it's just rack platform weights and bars well I can tell you man um, so. if you were closer I'd, I'd Definitely enjoying yours because, like I said, I think my days are numbered. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I promised him I'd be a good boy. Exactly. That's that's all you can do sometimes. But yeah, we're having a lot of fun. We've got a good core group of people, anywhere from beginners to, you know, I've got one guy that's he's a two twenty lifter and he's squatting six hundred plus. Wow. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's a little bit of everything. We all, you know, we're working hand in hand. That's the fun part. I think that the beginners are getting out of it is there's no segregation. You know, it's you're you're thrown into the pack, and if you're if you're squatting, you know, fifty five pounds total, you're squatting right alongside the guy that's squatting six hundred, yeah. and we're all cheering each other on. And it kind of, uh, I don't know, they might be a little intimidated day one, but it doesn't take long, and they're right in there, and well, yeah, and yeah. it's it's uh, doing their thing. So yeah, well, I mean, um, that's, we can, and that, that's really the good thing about I, I think, um, and we've said it many times, the whole kind of more leaning towards the. The powerlifting and the strongman, that type of thing, apart from like the kind of bodybuilding, um, and of course that's a sister sport, brother sport, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, but but certainly I've even noticed that there's, there's there certainly is. I mean, there were you know if you look at the kind of the pumping iron days, um, mm-hmm. there there always did seem to be a brotherhood, and I think a lot of that in in the bodybuilding kind of subculture has kind of been lost. Yeah. Um, and and I think that you know what what was back then still remains at least to some degree. Still in the power thing, strongman, you know, um, circles that you can run in. Because again, I mean, I, I've always said yeah. the same thing. I don't really care what somebody's lifting. If they, you know, if they got their heart into it and they're, you know, and they're intense and they're, you know, they're, you can see that they have a passion for what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, and they're trying to be good and do the best that they can. I, it doesn't. I don't really care what you're lifting. You know. Exactly. And, and uh, like I said, I think you're absolutely right when people see. You know, that, like you say, if they're intimidated at first, is, you know, it doesn't take long for them to see that they're, you know, being accepted for who they are and what they can do and, you know, um, not what they can't do. Yeah. And we're not, we're, we'll tell people from the start, we're not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, we're here for people that want to train and get stronger. You know, if you're just paying your penance, this isn't the place. You know, if you just want to go, I've had, you know, people come in and say, well, I just like doing that cardio stuff. Well, we're not the place for you. Right, right. You know, you're not going to get that here. You, you, you're better off going somewhere else. Right. Um, so I, I'm not afraid to turn people away or fire them. Yeah. You know, if you well, don't fit in, I'll, yeah. I'll let you go. I was going to say, it's, it's, it's for the benefit of both. Yeah. Uh, because it's, that's certainly not going to help the people that you have, and that's certainly not going to be conducive to what they're looking for. So Exactly. You know, yeah. just be doing this both a, a dis- disservice. But, right. You know, that's going well, and then I'm doing this damn diet thing. and uh, Yeah. It's going good. I started out, I'm about, eh, I'm 20, 20, I waver in between 20 and 25 pounds down. Okay. So um, I'm sticking right about... To the lowest I've been is two thirty seven and a half to and I'm staying between there and two forty three. 
the last two weeks has just been insane around here between the two jobs and running the two businesses and so it's it's like 16 hour days so it's yeah. just like i'm gonna back off the trying to lose right now and just uh just maintain this weight loss as right. best i can and i got i got about four weeks left of this thing and um you know, I'll, I'll I'll see what happens in the next week or two. But you know, the goal is to get down and compete at 220. And right now, I'm wavering between you know, if I stick right here at 240, I can make I can make a cut. You know, I got the 24 hour weigh in. I could I could make two. I could weigh in 220. Really? If I if I wanted to. Wow. Uh, it wouldn't be fun. Yeah. But I could do it. Um. So it's like, is it worth it just to kind of stick right here and then just severely dehydrate and. uh you know, make that weight at 220, and then I don't know, get a nurse friend to come over and and give me a bunch of bags of IVs to hydrate me back up. <laughs> or, uh, or you know, the, the original plan was to get down to about 230 to make an easy 10 pound drop. Yeah. Um, the most I've cut is 36 pounds in 24 hours, but I was weighing 278 right then. So I'm sorry, how much scared. did you lose in one day? I lost 36 pounds in 16 hours to make it to my last time I competed at 242. So yeah, I weighed in at I weighed in at two forty one and a half, two forty one point five, and then the next day when I lifted, I was two eighty one. So I gained forty pounds back in one in twenty four hours. <laughs> I, um, just to so our listeners know that these are not healthy practices. No, oh, um, no, and, no, and we're certainly not. Um, and, and, and Phil is a man of extremes, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're not in, uh, advising people to do that. By the way, no, no, that wasn't. The, I that's the day I vowed that I was done doing 242, and I moved up to 275 class because I would never attempt to drop that much weight again. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm sure I can drop 20, um, 20 because the first 16 pounds on that cut I took off in about an hour and a half. Um, I dropped it just like nobody's business. How did you do that? Should I ask? Yeah, it's mainly just about, um, it's just water and sodium manipulation. So basically what you do is about a week out, I start drinking three to four gallons a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot more water than you normally take in. And pretty much you get your body your, your body in shock to where uh, you're just constantly going to the bathroom. Right. It's like, holy crap, this guy's trying to drown me. So you're flushing water and you're taking in a bunch of sodium, so your body's flushing all the extra sodium too. Right. Um, and then you do that up to the day you're going to cut, and then you cut off the water, and your body's still like, "Crap, I need to keep dropping water out right. of me. This yeah. guy's going to keep this guy's going to keep putting water in me because right. he's been doing it for a week, and it just, I mean, it just flooded out of me. And then, of um, course, by the time your body catches on, you've kind of gotten to where you want to be. Yeah, I've lost a bunch of weight, and yeah. then uh, you know, other than that, it's. You know, chewing gum and spitting and sitting in a hot tub and bundle up and close. The most I've ever lost is before my last bodybuilding competition. I came down from, I think, 212 to 201. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I no, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's nothing I'd suggest, but, I mean, it's drastic measures for drastic Yeah, measures. yeah, and like 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 I'm saying, that we're, we're certainly not suggesting people do that. Um, um, but... Phil has already shown that he has nine lives. So. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> although I think well, and the cool thing is about powerlifting is we get the, that that twenty four hour weigh in usually. Yeah. So, but you know, other than that, my lifting's going okay. The only lift that's gone down is my push press, and I think that's mainly just because when I'm pushing, I'm pushing thirty pounds less body weight, so there's less force transfer to the bar. Okay. Um, 
You mean your squat has stayed the same? Oh, you. It's not bad, yeah. Oh, well. It's not bad. I did 500 for five the other day, and that's the most, I mean, I've been right around there with this hip. You know, I haven't really pushed over that in a while. Hmm. So, and I went in and, um, I haven't touched over five, I hadn't touched over 515 from the floor, and I hit, did a bunch of speed work and then hit 675, not bad on my deadlift. Um, so, and, you know, I'm benching four. So, I mean, it's not, not horrible. I haven't been pushing the bench at all because my bad shoulder. So, I mean, I hit, hit that with no pain. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at. Um, make sure you get pictures, man. Yeah, I will. I will. I got some before pictures and, you know, I'm starting to get, I'm all skinny. My belt doesn't fit anymore. Um, my, my weightlifting belt, I gotta get another one because I, I put it on a squat and it's like I don't have anything to push against. It's not tight enough to. Just make sure you don't get that, any of those, uh, padded Valio ones or whatever. No, I won't. That's... My wife getting mad at me too. She's, I'm getting too skinny for her, so. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. She wants me to eat bad, but. That's not a bad quality trait to have in a woman though. No, I don't mind at all. Because, you know, <laughs> yeah. She's out eating me already, so. But. All right, well, um, let, let's take a quick break here then. Um, and when we come back, Phil and I are going to uh, tackle our, our uh, topic of the day. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with Iron Radio. Hi, this is Dr. Lonnie Lowry. And on behalf of Phil and Rob, I'd just like to let listeners know that if you love us or you hate us, We'd like you to leave a comment or perhaps vote for us on iTunes. It helps us out quite a bit on the popularity side of things. Uh, You can also follow uh, Dr. Lowry, me, on Twitter. Uh, It's Lawnman7 on Twitter if you want to do that. We also have a Facebook page, the Iron Radio uh, listeners page. So uh, whether it's leaving a comment or voting for us or following us on Twitter or Facebook, uh, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, occasionally Rob or myself will write an article for another website, and Phil will as well. So lots of ways to um, interact, uh, follow us in other media, and vote for us and uh, keep things going strong on iRadio. Thanks. Like your weekly fix of Iron Radio? In addition to being a popular institute on iTunes, we are also on email. Simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email. You'll get a once-per-week email, no more, that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio. So go for it. All right, we're back. Iron Radio. Um, Phil Stevens and I'm Rob Fortney, and Lonnie's not here right now. He's, uh, geez, I don't know what he's doing right now, but. You never know with him, man. He, he's a crazy guy, man. He could be doing anything right now, mountain climbing, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I heard something about, I don't know, pit vipers in the Himalayas or something like that. Right, yeah, but something like that, yeah. Anyway, well, we wish him luck, and we hope that uh, he'll return unscathed next week. Our topic of the day is kind of, like I was saying before uh, we took that break there, kind of an interesting one, um, and certainly people have different opinions on this. Although, um, it, well, the topic is really kind of how much how much have has the human species really progressed as far as absolute strength in the last say thirty or forty years? Um, 
And I think it's an interesting topic because I think, you know, um, as I was saying to Phil the other day, um, so much of what has, um, what the, you know, records of very, you know, dozens of different um, federations and so forth in powerlifting and so forth have, have put forth is, is this idea that strength has, you know, the, the, the maximal strength in, you know, the typical power lifts, um, squat, bench press, deadlift, and, you know, certainly other, you know, um, more accessory movements or odd lifts has increased so, so, so dramatically. When in, in actual fact, um, if you kind of know uh, the variables that are going into what, you know, constitutes a lot of those lifts and records, it's really not quite as, as dramatic as, as I think a lot of people might might think. What do you think, Bill? No, I think you're right. I mean, I was just thinking about this, too. I think more so, I, I don't think it's changed much at all. I think it's been a very slow incline. Mm. But I think I think mainly it's the fact that now, Due to the internet, you just know more about it. You know, the people had no clue that, that, about who was lifting what 30 years ago. Mm. As, and now, you know, if you pick up, you know, if some, some guy cranks out 25 reps with a 10-pound dumbbell, you know about it. Yeah. So. Well, uh, the, well the thing that kind of made me think of um, talking about this was uh, four or five days ago, um, I was on YouTube, and I was I found... Uh, somebody had posted a three-part uh, little synopsis of, um, I can't remember what they call it, Super Bowl of Powerlifting or this uh, World Series of Powerlifting or something. It was mm-hmm. it was a documenting the World Championships, I believe, from 1980. Yeah. Um, and again, I urge certainly uh, our listeners to check this out if you're at all interested, I'm sure, as, as a listener you would be. Um, and it features um, Bill Kazmaier. And that, that was... Uh, one of the infamous competitions where I think he did his 634 bench. Um, and this is 1980. Yep. And this is with a pause. And this is raw. Because um, back then there really wasn't bench shirts at all. So, um, and, I, and it just got me, again, kind of got the wheels turning. I thought, well, you know, we've had Scott Mendelson on, on as a guest before. And um, certainly I think most of our listeners know that he holds the uh, raw bench press record right now at 715. Certainly, there's uh, arguments to me to be made that that really wasn't so much official. If you look at the fact that you know the, the uh, press command came pretty much as the bar was still coming on the way down, so it was more of a touch and go than a pause. Yeah. Um, and certainly, nobody is uh, you know trashing on any dude that can touch and go a 700 pound bench press because that's absurd. Um, but again, I, again, I got the wheels kind of turned. I thought to myself, okay, well, look at look at Bill Kazmaier. You know, did a 6:34, I believe it was, with definitely a pause. You know, and that's that's I mean, that's almost pushing 30 years ago from the because yeah. I the 7:15, I believe, was only done three or four years ago. I I think. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about almost 30 years, and when you factor in other things that you know, I won't we won't go too much into, but certainly amounts of certain supplements people are using and and body weights and all this type of thing. I, I thought to myself, okay. And of course, you, I'm using an extreme example because Bill Kazmaier, you know, a lot of people would argue that he was probably the greatest bench presser of all time, or certainly had the, the potential to be the greatest bench presser of all time. Um, I, I think he suffered a pretty bad uh, injury, I think, within a year or two after that, which uh, kind of uh, derailed his his progress on the bench forever. But um, so when you look at those types of things, and even you look at the squat records from back then, and the deadlift records and so forth, I mean, yeah. heck, the deadlift record, I mean, I, I the best deadlifters in the world were all all fl- flirting at the late 800s, around 900, 
early 900s, you know, 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. And it was only recently, um, in relative terms, that Andy Bolton actually hit a thousand and went over a thousand. Now there's two that are in that category, but two, yeah. you know. Um, and I was just thinking the other day, I mean, when you're talking about guys who are deadlifting in, you know, at 900, you're talking about a very, 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 very exclusive club. Yeah. You know, when you talk about 800, you're talking about, you know, you're, you're getting towards that part. And I mean, in anything over six or 700 pounds, you're, you know, very, very admirable. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, that, but those kind of standards still held, like I said, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And now, um, but then conversely, um, you see the bench press and the squat records just going so far. I mean, I, I'm sure you remember, Phil, even as I remember like in the late 90s, you know, some, some of the original bench press specialists, the Ken Lanes and the Anthony Clarks, um, those types of guys, you know, who's going to be the first to do a 700? You know, who's going to be the yeah. first? I remember Anthony Clark was going to, you know, be the first guy doing 800 pounds and, and all these types of things. And, you know, now it seems like every third guy that competes in some of the more kind of, um, you know, anything goes federations are, are doing six, seven, eight, nine hundred pound bench presses. It, it, well, I mean, look at, look at people like Paul Anderson. You're right. You know, this was back in the fifties and the guy, his, his, you know, his best one arm overhead press was 300. Right. You know, and then there's guys hitting, you know, ooh, you know, it's a, it's a big thing to hit a 300 pound log. That's with two hands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this guy. Now, now, let me ask you, I, I know this is kind of going off topic, but what do you think of a lot of those claims that, of, with Paul Anderson? People are saying that he did a 1200 plus squat and all these things. And of course, you talk to the people saying it wasn't, you know, cause he squatted using like basically, uh, the axles with, from the trains. Yeah. With the train wheels so yeah. that his depth was only, you know, a few inches, that kind of thing. I mean, clearly I don't think anybody's going to dispute the fact that Paul Anderson was an extremely powerful and strong man. Yeah. Um, it, it's just unfortunate because almost going back to what you said, Phil, about ten minutes ago, the whole idea that now everything can be documented. Yeah. And so much back then Could. couldn't be and it just did. wasn't. And um, then, you know, the claims back then. Yeah. I'm sorry? Uh, you know, sure, a lot of that could have been just, um, you know, myths or whatnot back back in the 50s. Right. But, I mean, the fact is, I mean, a lot of this stuff also was done under his other lifts were were done in Olympic competitions and stuff yeah, like that. Right, and, right. You know, he he totaled 512 kilo in the, in the, the Olympics in Munich. I mean, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a strong, strong dude. Without and, question, yeah. You know. But I mean, yeah, so I mean, when you look at, you know, what's happened 30, 35 years ago, what's happening now amongst the best, again, if you factor away, um, again, advancements in, in lifting apparatus and monoliths and, and certainly the lifting yeah. gear, I mean, really, I mean, the, I, I don't think, I'm, I'm certainly not going to be a pessimist about it and say that we haven't gotten anywhere, because certainly, you know, the strength athletes have, have, um, like any athlete in any performance sport, we've had inroads have been made towards betterment and advancement, yeah. but it's just not as dramatic as a lot of people believe it is. No. Um, I, I think, honestly, if you were able to document it, I think it's just a really slow incline, and it has been. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that, you know, like anything, one, something's possible once it's been done. You know, and yeah. tell that it's not. And there's always going to be, you know, now we have, what, a 1,018-pound deadlift. Next, it's going to be 1,022. Yeah. You know, and then it's going to slowly just creep up five pounds at a time. 
of what what's been done, and I I bet it's if you if we were able to somehow accurately track it as some kind of slow incline. I think what it is now is you're just you're just seeing it's more popular. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know. Is it really? But I mean, I or is that I think it's just the crowds. We're we're able to with all the social networks and whatnot, we're able to gather together easier yeah. and hear about what everybody's doing. Oh yeah, we're, and we're still very niche, but now with forums and Facebook and this and that, we we just know. You know, I'm going to ask you, uh, um, see, get your opinion on something, Phil, because I was discussing this with somebody else in my gym a couple weeks ago. Um, it kind of related a lot to what we're talking about now because this particular person hadn't really didn't understand the differences between raw lifting and drug free lifting, and yeah. it really had no idea, as most people don't, about the whole lifting gear, and he was kind of baffled when I told him that you know. These shirts can put, you know, two to four hundred pounds on their bench and so forth. And he was, um, he said to me, he said, "Well, what are the best guys lifting, drug-free and raw?" And I said, yeah, and, "And this is what I'm, I, I want to get your opinion on, um, mm-hmm. Phil, to see if you agree with what I said." I told him. I thought for a second. I thought, you know what? I think the standards for the last thirty years have been. I would say the best of the best in bench pressing, raw and drug free today, mm-hmm. is somewhere between probably 450 and 550. And I said probably the best of the best um, raw, but u- using drugs, is probably between somewhere between 550 and you know 650, late 600s. Certainly excluding Mendelssohn, of course, but yeah, um, because I mean even if you look at Ryan Keneally. Um, you know, when he he made a stab at Mendelssohn's record, I mean, he got he got stapled to the bench. I think it was six eighty something. Yeah, and you got to always. There's always going to be that that outlier. You know, that one freak. Right. That's you well, know, exactly. So yeah. Yeah. There's always. And you got to kind of. And then there's some other guy out there that can only bench six pounds. You know, you can't count either of those people. Right. So. <laughs> no, but do you do you uh, kind of think that my that, that guideline is again roughly roughly? Do you think that Raw drug free, the best does between four fifty five fifty, and the best the best raw, but drugs is probably five fifty to six fifty. I, I think yeah. that's, I think I think that's a pretty good. Um, I mean, I'll still make an argument. And I'll argue this with anybody you want. I mean, it's not just because I'm a crappy bench presser because I got long arms. I I have total respect for anybody of any weight that can bench four hundred pounds. Oh yeah. If you can bench 400 pounds, you put a lot of work in. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it doesn't matter you know? how much of a natural bench press you are. You, you yeah. don't do that without some sort of... I mean, that's, yeah, impressive. I mean, but yeah, I think, you know, if you can bench, if you can bench five raw, you're, you're a strong SOB. Right. You know? I mean, that you just are. Yeah. But, but again, like, I mean, but, and this is going back to what we're, our topic of the day is, you know, like, when you, when you think of that, I, I would say that those standards, um, again, maybe you know, maybe maybe, maybe knocking off maybe twenty-five to fifty pounds, um, on on both kind of compartmental again, drug raw free, well, all that kind of stuff. I think it's only kind of maybe bumped up twenty-five, fifty pounds, maybe, um, yeah. in those types of categories. And again, it's, it's certainly, again, this is again we're talking about um, you know, either raw or. Raw and and the person using you know different compounds and drugs mm-hmm. and so forth, but the standards and I think this is needs to be said because I think one of the reasons that 
a lot of the more kind of pure strength sports are kind of outside sports is because people see a lot of these huge gains and it just doesn't ring right. Because if you yeah. look at, um, and I know you know what I'm talking about, I, I'll let you, let you talk about this in a second. If you look at performance sports, sprinting as an obvious example, and you look at, uh, and again, I am, I, I, I'm not an expert remotely in, in those types of sports at all. But certainly I, what I do know is when those people are breaking records, they're breaking records, you know, by hairs. Yeah. You know, and, and then you look at something like, oh, you know, the bench, you know, the bench press, uh, record, uh, five years ago was, you know, 830 and now it's, you know, uh, 1130. I, I'm just throwing out a number there. I, I think, when people who are not really attuned to what's going on hear that, but they're athletes or they certainly understand athletics in another, they kind of, even though they don't know what's going on, they know that there's some sort of bullshit going on. Yeah. And I think that lends, it, it, far from actually giving any sort of credibility to it, it takes credibility away from it. Because people who are in the know, even if they don't know specific, again, about strength sports, they know that that type of um, human achievement as far as like advancement doesn't come that quickly, yeah. You know, and and there's 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 got to be something more to it, and of course we all know that there is something more to it. Um, so I think it's also one of those things like when I like when I spoke to Louis Simmons there um, a year or two ago, and I remember him telling me when we were talking about people who uh, um, you know he he found you know fit to train at Westside. He said to me that, oh, I can turn I I can make anybody total elite. That that's nothing. That means nothing. We're only interested in breaking records. I'm not really making a judgment here, although I guess I kind of am. But I think that kind of mentality is kind of part of the mentality that's kind of again deteriorating the the legitimacy of of, of powerlifting because it, because you're ch- when it gets to the point where you're chasing records, um, do you know what I'm saying? It it kind of you know, like for him to say, "Oh, it, it's nothing for somebody to total elite anymore." Yeah. It's like, and then I remember I, I asked him further down the line in the same interview. I said, "How many do you think there's anybody out there who could total elite raw and drug free?" And I remember that actually caused him to pause. Yeah, and, and, and that kind of really says it all when you say it. And I remember when he finally spoke up, he was like, "Well, there might be one or two guys who could do that." And I and I didn't say it, but I almost felt like saying, "Are you listening to what you're saying?" You know, because basically what you're saying is the whole now charts that have been used for the last you know three or four decades, as far as you know, like uh, you know who's a masters and who's a you know an elite, all that type of thing. You're basically saying that it's outdated now because of the equipment that you're using. So you can't really have it one two ways. On one way, you're kind of discrediting that, but on the other hand, you're admitting admitting the fact that, you know, you're basically doing everything possible to kind of, like, skirt the issue. And the issue is, you know, are you increasing, actually, that your athlete's strength? Or are you making them better able to almost skirt the one fundamental of what is powerlifting, and that's getting stronger? Yeah. You know, you know it's... No, and I've kind of argued this before in powerlifting, being powerlifting myself, is um, I think... You know, I forget. It's been several years ago. They made up the new raw elite, elite rankings. Okay. And I think they should have kept the original elite rankings and made them raw elite, and made new equipped elite rankings. Yeah. I mean, I am a firm believer. If if you're elite, 
you should um, you should be one of the top one to three people in the world. You know, absolutely. It, that, yeah. fact, fact and point. Elite should be you should be of a very small, less than one percentile of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that's just not true. You know, it's it's bad that I can go in to a meet with a, a bad hip, somebody that should have hip replacement, and essentially rank raw elite. Yeah, that should not. That's not elite. You know, I'm I'm a car running on five cylinders. <laughs> you know, I don't deserve it. Um, but but the interesting thing about what you're saying is also, make no mistake, those original rankings were not done. Um, certainly, people might have said they were, but those were not 100% raw. No, and those were not 100% drug free. No. So even though we're talking about how we are maybe, you know, modify, don't modify, you know, to, to current standards, you know, given whatever federation's using gear, what that you can use, can't use, the fact remains is that those are still, I, I, I can almost guarantee that they were done not 100% raw or drug free. Yeah. So again, going back to what I was talking with Louie, it's like when he was, had such pause when I asked him, Again, is there anybody who can total elite, raw and drug free? And I kind of he kind of stumbled on that one, it, which kind of paints the picture exactly of what you're saying, Phil. The whole idea that, well and truly, people, the folks who are actually hitting elite within the kind of the framework of what that originally was supposed to imply, there's very few people who, who would do that. Yeah. You know, like that's actually my goal is to is to kind of hit an elite, drug free, and raw. And I'm still thinking that you know, if if and when I can do that, I'm sure that the day after I'll probably retire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll be, you know, you're talking about running on five cylinders. Yeah. By that time, I'll probably be running on three. I've, no, well, that's yeah. My original goal was to. I mean, my original goal. I would have loved to. I wanted to rank equipped elite raw. Okay. To me, that would have been. You know, it was the original elite rankings that were that were out there. Right. That was the gold standard for me. Right. You know, if I could if I could hit almost two thousand pound total raw. Oh my that's god! That's freaking yeah. huge. I was going to say, uh, and just for the people who are out there who know, um, elite is 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 considered all these different rankings are considered based on your body weight. But no, I don't think anybody who knows anything about strength score is going to argue that it regardless of body weight. If you can hit a two thousand pound total, oh yeah, um, that's that's, that's that's you know, and, and I know that you know there's a few there's a few guys that are kind of edging ever closer to that three thousand um, you know pound mark. Um, but again, when you factor in all the things that are used to get towards that, and then you erase those things, you're left with reality. And reality is anybody, regardless of body weight, who's yeah. totaling two thousand pounds. Has really achieved a hell of a lot, yeah. you know, because that that is a, a that is a, you're talking about gold standard. That that's a gold standard right there. And I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of this, uh, I think it's neat, but I mean, I mean these elite rankings and things like that. But it's it's turned into kind of like school contests now, where everybody gets a medal. You know, it just seems like it's been. Dumbed down. There's so many people. Everybody and their grandma has ranked elite, or you know, is gunning within the next year, and it's it just elite has lost its meaning. Well, what, uh, what was that I was it. saying to you a couple of weeks ago? The whole idea that you know, it, it's when people say now, like okay, we're talking about specifically powerlifting. When people say 
and again, somebody in the gym just did this a couple asked me this a couple weeks ago. He said, "What's the what's the record in bench press?" Yeah. And and when you have to preface yeah. what you say with five minutes of trying to explain to the person the number of different federations and the allowances of every federation are so varied, and you know it could fluctuate just on equipment between two and four hundred pounds. When you have to preface any sort of answer to a general person in the public with that, you know something's wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and like, so you're talking about everybody has a medal, everybody has, that, and that was my whole thing that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago on the show. I was saying, you know, it, it seems like everybody's a record holder these days. Yeah. You know, I mean, in, in, and, and it kind of loses, you know, cause I mean, seriously, I mean, if somebody says to you right now, who holds the, you know, two, whatever, 220 pound class in the, you know, and you just throw it some federation in the deadlift and, I mean, you could throw out some name, and really, what are, even yeah. to guys like you and me, who kind of know who's the big dogs. And the, nine times out of ten, you're not going to know who this person is. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, that the per, that record is going to be like long gone by next month. Yeah. Um, it really doesn't mean so. It's it's one of those things where people are always like, well, you know, what, what's the best for this? What's the best for that? And then you're kind of left with this whole idea of like, well, what do I say? Yeah. Do I say the best bench press right now of all time is 715, yeah. or do I say it's you know uh, you know pushing 1100 pounds or whatever it is? Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. I, I think to get us back on topic a bit, I mean, I think one sport you can look at to see how far we've actually came is um, Olympic weightlifting. Okay. You know, if you look in in 2004, the the record was set by Razazade. Mm-hmm. Of 580 pounds in the cleaner jerk. Right, yeah. Which is a crap load of weight. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, the former record in the cleaner jerk was by Terranko of four, 586. Okay. But this was before they restructured the weight classes. Oh, because okay. Because that's okay. when they stopped the drugs. And that's been 30 some years ago, and he's still six pounds heavier than the current record. So if, if we were actually that much better at training and that much stronger, why isn't there any advancement? You know, and I mean, this was, yeah. you know, Terry Anka was back in the day. They're, they weren't doing, they were on drugs, yes. But I, I, I can't tell you for sure, but I can't imagine it was the amounts that are, that well, are being yeah. used now by many people. I was just going to say, and, and the, the variety of stuff that you can use. Yeah. The, compa- I mean, the compounds have become so much less primitive uh, yeah. and so much more specific. Um yeah, so although I know what you're saying, you can't say with any degree of certainty. Certainly, like I said, the top guys are are using um, you know compounds that are much more refined, probably yeah. generally speaking, and probably at dosages that back then they thought would be pure suicide. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's it's weird, and I and I think and to bring Louis Simmons back into the topic in that same interview, I remember he actually did say something that I fully agreed with and he was towards the end of the whole conversation he said you know we've kind of maxed out the technology as it exists right now uh-huh. and he was talking about the technology and lifting equipment um, squats all that type of thing um, although you know certainly you can argue that because certainly that technology is going to get better itself but he was like you know at some point in time the athletes themselves are just going to have to get stronger you know, I mean, when you've used all the drugs you can use, you know, and I mean, there's always more to use, but you get my point. When you you've got to a certain threshold of this, and you've kind of mastered, you know, 
this other segment of all the equipment, and you've all, you know you've kind of maximized your leverages with certain you know uh, stances in the squat and all this type of thing. Once you've done all those things, the yeah. best are only left with one other option, and that is going back to the purity of the sport, which is you just got to get stronger. Yeah, you know, and and I think it's one of those things where a lot of pe- People who, you know, um, like a Louis Simmons maybe, are, are going to have to kind of, not eat crow, but going to have to kind of s- really swallow hard, is the whole idea that these increments, you know, as you were saying that you start off this whole show saying, um, it, they're, they come in pounds. Yeah. You know, people are not going to just go in and blow. I mean, you're, again, like you said, you're always going to have that freak that is going to kind of, you know, really freak people out. But even still... Yeah. You know, as the whole movement as it exists, as, as all the specific strength sport, as it moves forward, it's 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 incremental. Yeah. I mean, because we're talking about the last few, you know, in this in this topic of the day, we've kind of been focusing mostly on the last thirty, thirty-five kind of years. Um, and, I mean, that, and that's a lot of time, you know. And when you're when you're talking that the best of the best are, you know, versus the best of the best of yesteryear are, are you know are are, you know, they're they're better today, but how, how much better when you're talking about when you're talking about you know adding adding a five or pounds here or ten pounds there, you know it's 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 not one of those things where and I think that's a lot of people are going to have to really swallow hard on that because it, they're going to realize that yes there comes a point in time when you just have to face reality and the reality is the athletes just have to get stronger, yeah. you know and you you you're going to have to really 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 fight to get that pound two pounds five pounds on a lift, and there's nothing wrong with that. No, and I think it'll that'll never change. I mean, you're going to get there's always going to be a lot of people benching 300 and a lot of people squatting four and five. You know, it's it's when you start reaching that shit it it slows down and it always will. I don't care. We're all still human. Yeah. Um, Well, like Lonnie has even said, you know, in the past when he's made mention of these types of things, he's you know coming from a scientist scientist background, he's like, you know, at some point in time. You've kind of maximized the car as it is exists. You know, you even maybe, you know, maximize the performance of the car because you've used special fuel, you know, i.e. drugs, hormones, whatever. At some point in time, the actual components of the car have either got to completely change or they'll just break down. You know, and, and, you know, he's alluding to the fact that, you know, through science you can, I mean, you know, I mean, you can start getting all fantastical here and say, you know. Oh, yeah, and start six, getting gene dope. You're right, $6 billion man and replacing body parts with titanium limbs. Yeah. And all these types of things. But the truth of the matter is, there is, I mean, if you're not, I mean, and we're certainly not talking about, you know, um, evolution through thousands or millions of years. We're talking about, you know, over, over you know, several decades. Certainly it gets to a point where, again, you, like you said, when you get to a certain point, as these weights increase, I mean, again, the pool of people doing that becomes, and it becomes such less and less and less. Like you're saying, there's a lot of guys doing 300-pound bench press. Cool. Quite a few guys doing 400 pounds. Cool. When you start going, I mean, if, if certainly if you're talking about, you know, uh, raw and drug-free, I mean, when you start going over that, I mean, you're starting to, every after that point, every 10, 20 pounds, you're losing yeah. Probably worldwide, you're probably losing like easily tens of thousands of lifters. Yeah. Every ten pounds, you're going over that. Yeah. But you know, going back to what you were saying about you know a 400 pound bench press is still hugely impressive, right? And it really is. And I think it, 
again, every 10 or 20 pounds above that mark, when you're talking about people, again, that aren't, you know, supplementing, aren't using gear, you're losing probably tens of thousands of pretty serious weight trainers. Yeah. You know, and, and the whole idea of, like you were saying before about even your own gym having people and how, you know, um, it helps to have people who are, you know, less advanced, you know, being around people who are more because when you see somebody else does, can do something, it opens up your whole vista of what's possible. But if you never see it, you're kind of stuck in this whole idea that you can't get there. Well, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, when your pools of the best of the best are getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, the the instances that people are going to be witness to some of this stuff is getting smaller. Of course, then the argument is is that we have things like YouTube again and stuff as, you know, so people are being exposed to some of this stuff. But that in and of itself is kind of confusing matters as well because, and I've said this argument before, because a lot of kids see that. And, you know, and they're flipping around YouTube. And a lot of times they're seeing some very advanced, you know, world-class lifters. Yeah. And they start getting this idea that, they, that these guys are in, like, there's a guy like this in every gym yeah. the world over. You know, it's like, oh, and, and they don't even realize that they're actually looking at Andy Bolton. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? exactly. Or they don't actually realize that they're looking at an Ed Cohn or a... You know, Sean Frankel or any of these guys, they don't realize really what they're looking at. They're yeah. like, oh, this this must be some guy in some regional competition in, you know, North Dakota. Yeah, and they don't exactly. realize that they're looking at, again, a very, very, very specialized breed of elite athlete. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I think the take, take-home thing here or this whole thing is that, yeah, strength athletes are getting stronger. But not quite in the dramatic way that it might be presented, uh, you know, again, and, and unless you're experienced enough to know actually what you're looking at, um, you know, it's, it's certainly nothing to be depressed about. You just have to, yeah. you know, you have to accept that those increments, as you get, you know, I mean, everything that, it's almost like a race car, right? Everything that it's exponential. To go faster and faster, you need exponentially more and more horsepower because you're fighting against nature. In the same way with lifting weights, the heavier and heavier you lift, the more you're fighting against nature. You know. Yeah, and I'm, I think even more so. That's worth mention. I mean, that the the huge advancements that these supplement companies try and make you think that have done in the last 15, 20 years. Yeah. They're just not seen in the lifts being made. Mm. You know. Oh yeah, because uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, if these claims were any valid, anywhere near true, right. everybody'd be huge out there walking around and, and squatting eight hundred pounds. Yeah, with four percent body fat, and yeah, yeah exactly. it's just not happening. Right. So, I mean, it's been a very slow creep, and it always will be. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, now that Usain Bolt set a new record, sometime in the next few years, somebody's going to beat him by a tenth of a second or something. Yeah. You know, it's but it's going to be a tiny, tiny bit, and it's going to take several years. I have no doubt that somebody here along the lines in the next five years is going to deadlift 1,020 to beat, you know, but it's not going to be. You're not going to wake up. We're not going to wake up next week and somebody hits 1,200. And I it's think just that, not going to And happen. I think that's why weight training and, and, and strength sports and so forth will always be the domain of very passionate people. Oh, yeah. And, and because simply for the fact of what you're saying, that is, this is not something to get into. I mean, everybody could get into it just for health, yeah. but if you want to get into it for to achieve great heights of strength and like it, on, on a kind of a world stage level, yeah. this is not something you get into um, and think that this is going to happen in three or four years. 
Yeah. I mean, unlike a lot of sports, and I, I use mixed martial arts as a, I mean, you get guys who have kind of a, you know, a martial arts background, and if they, you know, if they're young and they have a natural athletic talent, you see these guys reaching the heights of, like, you know, UFC, sometimes in three, four, five years. Yeah. I don't care how genetically gifted you are to be a strength athlete, nobody becomes one of the best of the best elite in the world in three or four or five years. Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of time. So that's why I say I think the strength sports will always be the domain of truly passionate people. Yeah. People I, certainly can also make the argument that, you know, powerlifters and so forth, they don't make any money. So, I mean, they do it because they love it. Yeah. They're not making anything from it. And anybody worth his salt who's in it knows that they're, they got to be in it for the long haul. Because, yeah. like you say, you, when you're, when you start getting to the point where you're, you know, bleeding and dying every week, and a year later, you've only put maybe 20 pounds on your squat. Exactly. You better like the process. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've told people this before. I mean, I'll, I'll even change it a bit. Um, I can make, I'll make any grown man, if he's willing to come in and just train hard, I, I think I can make anybody deadlift 600 pounds. Okay. It's past that. It's when you start going up, you know, and let's just make it, 500 pounds, you know, just to make it sound more realistic. You know, you give me give me two years, and I'll make it. any grown man not that doesn't have to save his six pack deadlift 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to happen. It's it's if you want six or seven, that's where you, it starts taking time. <laughs> and well, exactly. you know, those 20 pound jumps turn into three pound jumps. You know, or you're stalled out for six months. And you're like, crap, I haven't done any heavier. And that's where it takes maturity, and just you've got to love it. Well, it's uh, it's like somebody was arguing on a, this board I was on the other day, talking about Ronnie Coleman and how he pulled that double with with his wrist straps um, yeah. several years ago with the 800, I believe it was. Yeah. And somebody came on there and made the argument saying, oh, you know, and he did this so close to a Mr. Olympia, and I bet that, you know, if you gave him six months of specific training and let him put, you know, carry a lot more water and body fat, he would have broke... At that time, the 925 deadlift easy. And my whole thing was, okay, first of all, what a lot of people don't realize is is that a lot of bodybuilders, and again, I'm not pointing fingers, I'm just saying, a lot of top-ranked bodybuilders are on the most crap they'll ever be on before a competition. Okay, so that's... Second of all, anybody who knows deadlift knows that body weight in general, um, putting more body weight certainly usually helps bench press and squat for sure. A lot of guys actually suffer, if not get what? worse in deadlift. Yeah. Certainly, don't make the in gains you would think yeah. if they go up another weight class or two. And so, my whole argument, and then my other argument was like, listen, because somebody can pull two reps with wrist wraps at eight hundred pounds, you're talking about a guy who's already been trained for thirty years, yeah. And he's, and we're talking about eight hundred pounds, yeah. You know, we're not talking about a guy who never really did deadlifts ever, really. And yeah. he, but he's all gassed out and everything, and he and he pulled it, you know, two reps of five hundred pounds. We're talking about a guy. Who, we're, we're the starting weight we're, we're discussing here is eight hundred pounds. Yeah. And this guy, the ease of which he just, you know, lackadaisical way he threw it, like, oh well, you know, if he just put a little bit of body fat on and you know, train specifically for a few months, I'm sure he could just blow nine twenty five out of the water. I'm like, you're talking about over a hundred and twenty five pounds gain on yeah. top of what is already an eight hundred pound deadlift. Yeah. So 
so many it's, people really don't understand. <laughs> no, and they don't understand. Well, they look at the little calculators that says, if I do three reps with this, that means I can do this. And that just doesn't work. Right. That all goes out the window when shit, when it starts getting heavy. Well, sir, yeah, you know, certainly. Because I can deadlift almost 800 doesn't mean I can triple 80% of that. It just does. <laughs> right. you know? And you and I were um, just actually talking about this concerning my meat, too. Early. Yeah. And it's absolutely true. I mean... You know, like, and Lonnie actually, you know, has talked about this in the past, the whole idea that, you know, people saying, well, you know, uh, you know, just go light today and train 65%. Well, if your max squat is 900 pounds, you know, going 65% is not, it's not a light day. It's not a light day. I don't care if it's light, quote unquote, relative to what your one rep max is. It's no longer light uh, at all. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think a lot of people are, are only just, um, understanding enough uh, and privy enough to the whole weight training thing to only get it so far and then they don't get it anymore. Just because of what you were saying, uh, Phil, the whole idea about, you know, it, it's one thing to deadlift 300 pounds, another thing to do 400 pounds, another thing to get to 500 pounds, and then people don't really realize that it, that exponential, the, the, the roll over it, just yeah. becomes ridiculous. You know, the next like, hundred is so much bigger. Exactly. Yeah. Like you have six hundred pounds in your hand, I'm telling you, five hundred pounds, you're like, wait a minute, that was only a hundred pounds ago, but this feels like it's ten you know, like eight hundred pounds more. And I mean that's just it, like it's like sitting down to a big pizza. You got sixteen slices. The first twelve aren't that hard. This <laughs> 13, 14, and 50, it's just one more slice, but it's a lot harder to cram down your face. Yeah, and, and before, you know? you, before you know it, you're taking small bites, and it feels like, yeah, exactly. And that one more bite makes you puke, you know? Yeah. It's, you know, so, yeah, so we better it, call it. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I, I, I kind of think this is a fun conversation. Topic, oh, I think so. And, and I, I certainly think, I, I hope at least our, our listeners uh, agree with that, because even if you're not a competitive strength athlete at all, it's always interesting to hear these types of things, because it broadens your horizons, again, of just how amazing some, some, some people actually are. Yeah. You know, and um, it, there's a world of difference, again, between guys who are, you know... Um, Record holders in some some weird rogue federations and guys who are actually freakishly elite strong. Yeah. I mean, it's a, like like Phil was saying, that's a very small group, and you know, and and it, I think again, I think it's a disservice that a lot of people are making it implied that those standards are no longer worthy of what's going on now. Because again, cut away the bullshit, people. And again, I think most listeners who listen to us regularly understand that, you know, the bullshit that we're talking about. You cut that away, and those standards that applied 20, 30, 40 years ago still apply today. And you look at those standards, people, and if you're shooting for, you know, those numbers or or percentages of those numbers or or even saying to yourself, you know what, I'll be happy if I can hit, you know, get to 50% of that standard, those standards still mean a lot. And if you can do those types of things, you have a lot to be proud of, you know. So, so again, sh- you know, shoot for it. Uh, you know, if, if this is the kind of stuff that you're into, and, and you know, even if you don't want to compete or whatever, but you want to, you know, choose a specific lift or something, and look at the, all those numbers that we're talking about. You can find them online. All these different standards of what constitutes Masters Elite, you know, level two, level, all those things, and, and see, kind of see where it is. Because I, I guarantee you, you'll have a newfound respect for the people who have in the past hit those numbers. And it'll give you kind of a framework for where you are, uh, you know, in space and time, and the kind of 
effort that it's going to take to go. It, it, it's always nice to know kind of what you're shooting for instead of just kind of randomly driving somewhere. So, yeah. Um, all right, man. this off with uh, Lonnie had another special announcement. Yes, so we'll he let did. Him jump in here and and give that special announcement, and uh, we'll let him say goodbye. Uh, uh, next yeah. week, we'll see you same place, same time. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, see you next week. Catch you later. Alrighty, and our smooth organization and coordination skills strike again. Well, I've already mentioned our contest, and I'm sure that's what Phil's referring to. But no worries. The important thing is to go to uh, Facebook. Simply do a search for Iron Radio Listeners. That will take you to our Iron Radio Listeners page. Uh, I've noticed that it's a bit um, exclusive these days. Uh, Phil approves membership, but he'll approve you if you're a virtuous man of the iron. But go to the Iron Listeners page, and you're just going to give us your favorite quote. Anything related to strength, virility, um, something motivational, something encouraging. Um, it, it could be something funny, but we're really looking for something more along the lines of, you know, uh, serious something that would motivate uh, and be worth sharing with other listeners. So our Facebook page is a great place to actually just type that in, and we will look at them and we'll judge them around Thanksgiving time. Thanks. Bye-bye. Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like what we do, the professors, the scientists, the bodybuilding show promoters, the athletes themselves in powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, please consider making a donation or maybe buying something from the ironradio.org store. Uh, We also are accepting supporting members. So for $4 a month, which is frankly less than the bank sneaks out of your account in fees, you can step up and support a form of sort of public radio for the bodybuilding and powerlifting and strength community. Hey, IronRadio.org listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry, and I'm just bringing you a sneak peek only for Iron Radio listeners at this point. If you Google CRC Press, Lowry, L-O-W-E-R-Y, and Protein. You can be some of the first people on the planet to see this book. It's specifically for strength athletes. Everything on the safety of high-protein diets, the efficacy, the dosing, the types, practical applications, and case studies. This is a textbook. It's not what I would call an industry book. This is not pseudoscience. This is the state-of-the-art science And if someone wants to critique you on your extra protein intake, this will be something you can hold up and say, this is what the literature says about stressed kidneys or bone loss or gout or dehydration or increased muscle mass over time or leanness or what types are best. This is the ultimate source in one place. Little disclosure here. I do make a single digit percentage of royalties on this book. It's such a low amount, however, obviously I haven't done it for that purpose. I did it because, like you, I want to have something I can hold up in one place that's modern literature instead of what perhaps a health educator might tell you about the benefits and the potential concerns, if there are any, on ample protein diets specific to a population like ours. Thank you.
Hello, everybody. Phil Stevens here for IronRadio.org, StrengthGuild.com, and ChadAgs.com to tell you about the Strength Refined Seminar with myself, Phil Stevens, and Chad Aix. Saturday, September 24, 2011, CrossFit Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada. Strength Refined is a one-day course in refining your technique and proficiency in the squat, the bench, and the deadlift. It's going to be a long day. We'll squat, we'll bench, we'll deadlift, we'll do a Q&A, and then we're going to go heavy and go eat. For more information, go to www.strengthguild.com, click on the blog, go to Meet the Seminars, click on the Strength Refined Seminar, and it's all there. Hope to see you there. The Iron Radio Podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.